The Mercury Show. What up and welcome to The Mercury Show episode one. Of course, the first day I do a podcast, there is like a party at the bar outside my house. So my apologies for the background noise, probably won't do it at this time again. But that being said, today I want to talk a bit about Metallica. I know, I know. I said I wouldn't talk about Metallica, or I didn't want to really, but we're just going to get the first one out of the way, and then that's going to be it. I want to talk about the new record and what the new record, you know, what to expect and what I expect and, you know, just break down a little, a few things here. So, you know, they have announced that they're working on new music and that was last year at some point, right? But, and then we've heard some updates about it since then. And, you know, I heard the last thing I think was on Kerrang! They said that um, the new album would be like, they're, they're, it's like they're making glacial progress. So because of all the delays with COVID and not being able to be together and all that sort of stuff, it's it's difficult for them to put music together and, you know, um, write and record in like an organic sort of way. And, you know, I can understand that. That's fair. And, you know, it seems awful soon for a Metallica record to come out anyways, because historically, at least like 90s on, you know, they've taken years to put out records, you know, with touring and just, you know, they take a long time to put out records. You know, between Death Magnetic and um, Hardwired, there there was there was some years there. So, you know, a couple years later, it seems really really soon. But I mean, you know, this is now what? I mean, I mean, I guess it is like five years since it came out. So I mean, that's not bad. But okay, fine. So, you know, I kind of shut myself up there. Um, yeah, the the. The thing I think is that, you know, there's not a whole lot of innovation going on. And I'm not saying that I'm we're going to get some, like, crap record. We haven't got a crap record. Last two have been, have been good. And, you know, I wasn't a giant hater of St. Anger. You know, it's not my favorite. But I'm not a giant fan of it. So, I've had a couple decent records with some good songs on them, some good singles, whatever, some heavy stuff, some not heavy stuff, you know, a little too much auto-tune, whatever. They're old. They're getting old. Been in the game for a long time. But, yeah, I don't think innovation is really, like, the main point of their music anymore. It's more so, like, fan service. And that is cool, but it also worries me to some extent because then you're kind of just, like, Instead of like doing what the fans want, it's almost like you're, you're you're doing what you think the fans want all the time, and that's not always the case. But in terms of innovation, I think you know it's hard because they've got I think two ideas of innovation, or at least like like what they think are innovation is innovation, and that's like the first one is do what everybody else is doing with a Metallica spin, as we've seen in, like, you know, Load, Reload, St. Anger. Do what all the other people are doing, what's trendy, what's happening right now. And with the Metallica, yeah, on top of it, maybe it'll sound like something, you know, um, cool. And the second is, um, you know, do what we used to do, or at least 
a version of what we think we used to do and then put out songs that are new but sound like similar or have like a similar vibe or they're just kind of like a like a refrain of the new of the old songs so you know there hasn't been a whole lot of innovation since like the black album and you know they in terms of their own sound there has been you know they have progressed they've moved along they've put out different sounding things all the time which is cool you know they mature you know you're not going to put out you know blasting heavy stuff your entire career for in some cases i mean there are still bands that are just absolutely you know old bands that are still making really really good music but and and true to true to their original form but it's just it seems like um a lot of the time metallica is just doing what they think sounds like people want and what they think sounds like their old music and you know we've got a, a bunch of problems here like that might be the reason why we've got you know switching bass players we've got you know guitar solos that are strange and different and and you know not super metallica style but not super like great either you know if you're going to do something different you know uh, i just i'm not interested in writing traditional guitar solos i think kirk hammett said and it's like okay if you're not going to write traditional guitar solos write a good guitar solo at the very least not wow wow on everything like that's all it is it's wah pedal and wow you know so whatever but you know I, I know i sound like i'm ragging on these guys but they're they're like my top three favorite bands so you know i like a bit of everything that's come out recently i don't like all of it but i like a bit of it there's always a song that catches my eye i'm like oh, wow that's a, that's a fucking great song like um you know the obvious ones off the last record and um death magnetic had a had a, actually a good good size of them that i liked was my favorite you know the sound of their records is obviously bad but right so back to innovation um i think that the like you know we'll start with the bass i think having the bass player switch up kind of it seems to have made sense until like rob came along like i think Cliff was doing, you know, all the harmonizing and teaching them so many things about like songwriting and, and, and key signatures and all that sort of stuff and arpeggios and really, really cool harmonizing. And, you know, that fit the style of the 80s. Awesome. Cool. Then you get Jason Newstead, who's, you know, a bit more raw sounding, a bit more um, rudimentary not in a bad way but a bit more like just classic bass player but with some chunk and whatever and on the bass sound and um very talented um bass player he's a very talented writer too i mean the blackened riff is one of my favorite riffs ever and you know jason newstead wrote it but he started he seemed to fit the agenda or fit like what's going on from you know the mid 80s to when rob joined in the 2000s that was cool and you know he, he you know Jason Newstead's great but then you get Rob and Rob again is a phenomenal bass player he really is he's great at playing bass but he's not an innovator he's not like he doesn't drive the band in any 
shape or form he kind of just plays the bass he's he's a he's a renta bass player he's been in many bands and you know there that's cool but like he i don't know it's just unfortunate that they lost newstead because newstead was awesome and you know it's unfortunate that they lost burton obviously and yeah it just seems like maybe that isn't helping anything. I don't think it's the main problem, but I don't think it's helping anything at all. And then we get to, um, you know, like I said, Kirk with the solos. The solos are just bothersome. The sound of his guitar is even bothersome. Like, it's just, like, dark and kind of annoying, and the solos are always like, wow, 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 you know? It's like, I don't know. Some of the solos, again, you get some good stuff. Like, you know, That Was Just Your Life had a pretty cool, cool solo. Um, I can't even think of the great solos from the newest record, but there was some good stuff on there too. But most of them are just him hitting like a, you know, it's just, God, you know what I said. Wow. You know, on the, the fucking tremolo and, uh, and the wah pedal, it just seems to dominate everything. And, you know, it's almost like I'm begging for a traditional fucking solo. Just... Like, at this point, it's like you've made the not-traditional solos for long enough. Just give me something that's, like, shreddy and good, but, like, you know, like, not necessarily 100% like the old stuff, but but just better. I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it. I, it's, I sound like such an asshole, I feel like, but I, I just don't really give a fuck for the new guitar solos. They're not, like, it's, it's not great, but... So then we've got Lars and James, who again are still putting together awesome songs, but I mean they've they've you know lost their way a bit too. We've got James, who's like you know all happy all the time and like in and out of being sober and not. And like you know I'm not gonna sit here and tell people to do drugs, but I mean and like drinking like you know have too much sex and all that. But I mean there's something to be said for people who who do drugs. I mean it does produce good records you know i it sucks but i mean alcoholica was putting out awesome fucking records can't argue with me there they were putting out awesome fucking records all through the 80s and you know with his singing style and stuff like that now it feels like they play to a lot of gimmicks about metallica instead of playing to their strengths they play to the gimmicks that they think that bands are gonna want and you know what he thinks sounds really really cool which i don't really hate his new voice you know whatever he's getting older he's not gonna be able to bark like he used to cool but even like in the song writing like the lyrics it's almost like what do the people think will sound cool coming from metallica not like what do i like and what i don't know and maybe that's not the case i could be wrong but i just i you know it's a lot different than it used to be and um, Lars just like straight up can't play the fucking drums. I mean, <laughs> no offense. I mean, he's a great writer and he's a great composer, and but he can't play the fucking drums anymore. Even in like the recordings, you can like hear how choppy it is. And I mean, you could hear how choppy it was on some of the other records, but it was like organic. It was natural. It was it was cool. And you know. You didn't know that they were recording into a computer anyway, so you're like, how do you even suck when you're recording into a computer? I, it's, like, I was listening to Death Magnetic yesterday, and I was like, his, like, kicks are, like, 
they made it so clicky and weird, like a death metal kick or something like that. But at the same time, he's still playing like choppy. So it just, you know, the sample or whatever's on there, it just sounds so wrong. I don't know. There's, it just, it just rubs me the wrong way. But so there's like what I think is like wrong in like the band, I guess. But yeah, I think having the type of fans that they do have impacts a lot of their choices as well because i mean almost everything they do they're met with like 50 50 divide like fuck you we love you and this has been happening for a long time i mean they were even scared to do like something like fade to black with like ballads and stuff like that in the 80s i mean they've been taking flack for a long time and you know the black album came out people were breaking cds and whatever and you know i'm sure they don't give a fuck about any of that they made they made bank on that right but i just think there's you know, when you get older, the innovation is just gone. There's always going to be a point in your career that you get to when the music isn't as good as this one point in your career. That's always going to happen, no matter what. That's just, you know, whether it's music or movies or, or you know, whatever, you're a fucking lawyer. I don't care. There's always going to be a point in your career when you're like, this was the apex this was the height of my career and i'm never going to do anything as good so why try i think revisiting old themes and old old ideas and old music is really not the way to go do i have the answer for how the fuck they should innovate no but i think innovation's kind of just gone anyways in like music in general but, you know, we've seen tons of bands that, like, prove time and time again that you don't have to change the formula to make it different or, like, to make it sound good and to be a little bit different, but you don't have to sound exactly the same every fucking time. Like, um, ACDC, for example. Their last record fucking kicked ass. Did it sound like everything else they've done for the last 40 years? Kinda. But it fucking rocks. That's what's good. You know what I mean? I think the problem with jumping onto a trend and like, you know, throwing your own spin on it is that like, that's all you're doing. You're just jumping on it for the sake of jumping on it and, and being like, well, I think we could do something cool with this. Cool. Nothing wrong with trying stuff, but like just doing it for the sake of doing it seems, seems like out of the question to me. So you've got a band like ACDC who goes for like 40 fucking years just killing it on the same sounding shit all the time. But they put out bangers, man. They put out bangers. You know, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, Metallica's been acting like their music's broken almost every, every record they do. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with trying things. But I don't think trying things on like the, like the scale that they try things is like a great idea. They switch teams all the time. I don't know. So I'm not expecting innovation. Innovation isn't isn't like the first thing I would expect from a new Metallica record. I expect like, you know, callbacks to other songs and you know, throwing in like, you know, gimmicks like like having these long songs, right? They're like, "Oh, you know, we want to write a long ass song like Spit Out the Bone. We want to have like a lot of riffs in it." Okay, Spit Out the Bone didn't have to be nine, whatever it was, eight fucking minutes long. That that was so unnecessary. It was a good song. That song could have kicked ass with like three less riffs in it. Really could have, honestly. 
it was a great track. I liked it. I liked the idea of it. I liked the lyrical content. I liked the recording of it. Honestly, it was great. It kicked ass. I'm like, this is awesome. But just kept fucking going. Like, they think that they're like, oh, we're going to go back to our roots means we're going to write long songs for the sake of writing a long song. No, put the music first. Write a long song if you want to, but if you're just going to throw in the riff ideas you have left over because you don't want to fucking give them up or whatever, that doesn't seem like you're serving the music to me. It seems like you're serving yourselves or you're just serving the fans. And, you know, that's... that. And I keep coming back to this, like, fan service, fan service. And that's, it doesn't seem like they're doing it for themselves. It seems like they're doing it for their fans. And I, I wish I could say differently, but, it, you know, and that's, and when it translates over, it actually ends up kind of making the fans angry. Because it doesn't sound like somebody trying to return to their roots. It doesn't seem like somebody trying to you know even please the fans it doesn't come across that way it comes across as you trying to like rake money out of me or like whatever and and you know hop on a sinking ship and and you know try to get it just doesn't translate it doesn't translate the way they want it to i think fans get almost offended <laughs> by like the fan service it's like it's like star wars you know what i mean Everyone's like, cool, call out. You know, we get them um, episode seven. And you're like, oh, awesome. Awesome, man. There, you know, there's Millennium Falcon. There's this guy. There's Luke Skywalker, Alan Solo. Oh, my God. Awesome. Then when you step back and think about it, you're like, oh, there was like no fucking real plot here. Like there, you just got a bunch of shit from the original movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks, Star Wars and Disney for, you know, for what? That's what I think they, they're doing when they're writing these long songs or these really heavy songs is like, like, let's see, you know, how we can just please the fans since St. Anger happened. And it doesn't always work for me. And, you know, maybe you guys disagree with me, but I, I just think that they're, they're, that's something that's almost ruining the music is like, they act like they don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks, but they're constantly doing what they think is right for everybody else and almost playing it off like it's for them but i mean you know they're they just want a fan base who believes in metallica and why wouldn't you this is a band and i mean their youtube channel is growing and i i mean i'm sure they're getting tons of fans and people love their music but i mean for the most part people love their old music i don't know but I just think that the new record is going to have a lot of that kind of crap. Fan service, you know, weird recording, weird like mixing, all that stuff. It's probably going to be there. And that's just a reality we kind of have to live with, I think, now at this point. And another reality is like the, the callbacks and all that stuff. So I don't think they're doing anything wrong per se, but they're not doing like, you know, the best stuff ever and i don't expect them to like i said one time you're gonna one day you're gonna get there and you know your best work is gonna be behind you fine but i think finding a way to change and grow in like a positive way would be would be better you know like like maybe innovating isn't what they need to do maybe it's just sitting down and putting out a good record that you know isn't you know, undeniably mixed bad or like, 
you know, kind of like cheesy lyrical content or something like that. Like at this point, that you know, they were saying something about like if we all continue to be at home, um, then we'll likely see a Metallica record. Well, what happens when everyone goes back out? Are we not going to get a Metallica record or are we going to get a Metallica record with content that was like written about like COVID or something, which I assume will be on there I because they're not trendsetters, they're trend followers now at this point, right? Like since the 90s, they're trend followers. So what's the trend is they don't talk about COVID. I assume we're going to get a song about COVID that's going to be outdated and fucking stupid. I, I don't know, but you know... They're a great band, and I love them, and they're very, very talented, but the, like, writing has gotten a lot... It's just kind of gotten stale. I don't know. The gimmicks is what really kills me. And I know I'm kind of just, like, rambling here and whatever, but, you know, I'm just not expecting... I'm expecting a bit worse than Hardwired and Death Magnetic, to be honest. Um... I don't know where else they could go. I don't know where else they could go. And and I think maybe just like letting go of that, like we need to put out this style of music stigma just needs to go the fuck away. And I think I've already mentioned it about like the fans, but the fans are so unfucking forgiving that, I mean, how could they ever know? I don't necessarily think it's a hundred percent their fault. How could they ever know what you guys are going to want or what I want when like, you know, half their fan base is die hard, like nothing Metallica does is ever wrong. I liked that album for this. I liked the snare on Saint Anger. You know, I, the guitar tone on Hardwired wasn't that bad. All this kind of crap. It wasn't that bad on Death Magnetic. And you know, I actually kind of liked the mixing. And it, it just, you know, there's tons of them out there. But then there's you know guys who, you know, Metallica stopped at the Black album, where it stopped at uh, Injustice for All rather. You got guys who who will not for a second be like that's a good song you know that you know i like that you know they they're like i'm thrash metal i'm you know metallica died in the fucking 80s okay that's your opinion and and that's fine but i think having this divide between fans it's like (laughs) they probably have no fucking idea what anybody wants anymore you know what i mean like they put out the black album and you know that was different widely regarded as such a good album but then that opened to a new fan base and in the new fan base they weren't expecting fight fire with fire you know what i mean they were expecting something you know with some groove and some lyrics and some good singing and all that and then you know i think having certain tools at their disposal has had something to do with it as well like you know auto-tune or like you know i don't really know but i i don't think their main goal is coming out and putting out the best record ever i don't i think it's coming out and making money and keeping whatever career they have still alive and i mean they're still one of the biggest touring bands they still make tons of fucking money and i'm again i hate to sound like i'm ragging on them but which is basically all I've done, but I mean, okay, let's move into some positives then. If I'm going to, you know what, if I'm going to sit here and take a shit on them, let's just talk about maybe something positive that might come out of the album. It's going to sound heavy. I know they said something about it sounding really, really, really heavy, which is, which is awesome. Um, Hardwired was heavy. No denying that. 
Death Magnetic was heavy, there's no denying that. I mean, even St. Anger, to some extent, was heavy. Not a, whether you like it or not, that's you know up to you, but it, it was heavy, or at least heavier than the stuff they were putting out, right? So they said it's going to be heavy, and I like heavy. And um, I thought there was a bit more weight behind like the drums and the bass in Death Magnetic and um, Hardwired, especially the drums on Hardwired got a lot better. Still not you know my favorite, but I, I like them a lot, probably tenfold over the Death Magnetic drums. So heavy is good, but is it just gonna be the same sounding stuff or like a you know a recall of an old song? I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping not, but so I I you know heavy we're gonna get. We're probably gonna get some awesome riffs because like any of the songs off of any of their albums or not, always have good riffs. Hetfield is the riff master, riff life that is he's so fucking good i mean oh his riffs are just amazing like i can't even fathom you know his riffs are so good that some of them people just like can't even understand how to play you know like that's how good he is at writing riffs and they're always like like a hook like a they're catchy they're like they're just great and they don't always have to be fast they don't have to be slow they can be anywhere and he just knows how to do it and he's been you know writing the same e note for 35 years so i mean that's amazing in itself so i'm excited to hear the guitar riffs that we're gonna get coming up because i'm sure there's maybe some old stuff that they've got like riff tapes and whatever that they listen to with some cool ideas and some new ideas but um in terms of like guitar and bass i don't think rob and kirk are gonna bring a whole lot to the table that's like new and awesome sounding i think it's gonna be james hatfield who does the um, the work and you know the handles the workload on like riffs and all that stuff and then you know you've got Lars with the composition and all that so I'm sh- I'm sure we're gonna get like you know three awesome singles probably probably some really good riffs um, drums I'm not expecting anything spectacular but you know he holds it down good enough I guess and I I I'm gonna guess that they're gonna let rob do a little more work and that's that's fine um like i said i'm not i'm not a giant fan of rob but yeah i what do you guys think man i just it's it's hard for me to even imagine you know i'm trying to go off of like the timeline of what their albums sound like but then you get to the 90s and then to the 2000s and everything's just all over the fucking place so you, you like i said there's no there's no way of really telling exactly what's going to happen there, but it's. I expect some good and some good and some bad, and um, expecting otherwise or expect expecting too much or expecting not enough. Or, I, you know, I just. Do people care enough anymore for them to release like new sounding music? Is another question that I would ask. I don't know. Maybe like like maybe that is the only way to do it maybe maybe putting out you know similar sounding stuff to the old stuff or really trying your best to sound like the old stuff used to do it you know maybe that's the way to go because maybe people just aren't buying it you know like maybe maybe it's you know with record sales or you know mp3s whatever i i'm 
I'm trying to think of, of why it might even be good to sound in and you know again i'm not going to say that it sucks going back to your roots i'm just saying that the way that they go about going back to their roots is not the preferred method i don't think i don't think having an idea of what you think people think you should sound like is like oh okay that's how we're going to return to our roots no just return to your roots by having like an organic writing style and writing whatever comes out but like you know maybe dialing back on gimmicks dialing back on some of the you know long songs dial back on weird solos and whatever give me something traditional and then some not traditional maybe you know like serve the music and that's my most important point today I think is that you have to serve the music not the fans not yourself even you have to serve the album the song the lyrics everything has to be fitting and right is making a um, eight minute long song right maybe maybe it is but it has to be organic it can't just be an eight minute long song with a bunch of bucking ideas slapped together you know what I mean? Like, we did have that on Injustice for All, which is cool. But on Injustice for All, like, even even though it was, like, spliced together, there was, like, something organic feeling about the whole album. I mean, it's just, you know, raw aggression and anger and, and tons of guitars all over the place. It, and, you know, they just wanted to be, they were like, we're going to step it up and be a little more progressive and, you know, like change how people think about Metallica in this way and then you know it's gonna be really really angry sounding and they did it they you know all, all the bass jokes aside and all that they they made a aggressive raw album that sounded like how they felt and I don't really get that feeling from their newer records and Death Magnetic a little bit but you know they're it's not as natural sounding. It, it's never going to be as natural sounding, I don't think. So with that being said, um, so I did some pros, I did some cons. Um, what I think there, I just, you know, it's a tough, it's tough. I, you know, and I think all of those, all those things are problems. I think the audience is a problem. I think you know, the way they think about their music is a problem. I think just how famous they are is a problem, how big they are, you know? It's, when you have that massive of a following, you almost have to please people, right? I mean, you're also, you know, distributing it all over, and, you know, you, you have to make an impact of some sort if they want to sell records. And, you know, the impact for them, I guess, has been like, oh, well, this is gonna sound like our roots. So maybe some of the old fans are going to buy some of the stuff. Maybe some of the new fans are going to buy it too. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to, you know, work back to our roots. We're trying to make things feel like whole again and all that. And, you know, I, I don't know if, um, them being whole and things being happy and, you know, going back to their roots is the best way to go about it. I think maybe putting out just new music and um or like you know i don't know or maybe just don't put out new music i you know a lot of they talk shit 
like the band talks a lot of shit about like we don't want to be like the Rolling Stones. The last record they put out was 35 years ago, and we've just been touring our greatest hits forever. But I mean, for the most part, after the first like year of the tour, anyways, or maybe even shorter, they end up just playing half set of fucking or like three quarter set of classic songs, anyways. You ever hear a fucking new song in a in an encore? Not really. It's like Enter Sandman, Seek and Destroy, and something else. I can't, you know, one of the like Garage Days songs or something like that. At least that's two of the time, both times that I've seen them. That's that's what happened. They played Enter Sandman, Seek and Destroy, and I think um, Four Horsemen. So, yeah, I, you know, are, and maybe there's, you know a lot of stuff in the world today to write about that's great but I think they already wrote an album in the time when writing about things was easier like 2016 you know things were happening man I mean right now nothing's happening the fuck are they gonna write about COVID like yeah that's my guess is that they're gonna be a fucking COVID thing and I'm gonna be pissed about it and, uh, <laughs> you know I, I don't know I'm I, I really I'm probably gonna get shit on for this. This is my first podcast, and I'm probably gonna get shit on for this. But I just don't think we're gonna get what we expect, you know. And we never seem to. We just never seem to get what we expect. It's like you know, you hear Saint Anger, and even you like see the cover and shit like that. And you're like, man, that's a cool name. Like that sounds like it's gonna be some fucking awesome music and then like this guitar comes in you know you hear the the start of the album and the muddy guitar comes in the fucking ear and you're like oh my god man like fuck and then they open death magnetic with a you know thrashier song kind of going back to the roots right you've got uh that was just your life which is a fucking awesome opener to an album and I thought it kind of um, faked me out a little bit. I mean, yeah, sure, the album was heavier in general, and we did have a lot of fast stuff going on, and there was a lot of you know good things happening on that record, but it was kind of like a fake-out for me. It was like, oh, oh. You know, I mean, like, Unforgiven 3 and shit like that. Like, you know, when it first came out, I loved that song, and then I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I'm like, God, that's fucking cheesy. Why do we have to have a series of songs? Just stop, man. Like, it's not... No, thank you. Unforgiven three, like, and I mean, at this rate, it's like we're probably gonna get an Unforgiven four on the next album. Like, fuck, man, we didn't get one on the last one, so we'll probably get one on this one. That's what I assume. If it, if you go and follow, it's Black Album, Unforgiven, the first one. Then Unforgiven two, I believe, does come on Reload. So that's skip an album, and then you put an Unforgiven on there. Skip another album, St. Anger, get to Death Magnetic, and there's Unforgiven 3. Skip another album, Hardwired, and we get Unforgiven 4. That's my guess. I'm guess I'm putting my money on it right fucking now that there's going to be an Unforgiven 4 on the next record. Fight me. I don't know. But, yeah, so innovation's a problem. Um, I think um, certain members are an issue not a huge issue but an issue um i think the fan base is an issue and i think that overall the like the i don't even know what i'm trying to say the like the method is a problem i guess i, I like 
how they're going about returning to their roots is a problem. So the method. So, you know, like I said, we're going to get good riffs. We're going to get some good stuff. We'll probably get some cool lyrics and some great choruses. I mean, they're great at writing banger choruses, right? Fucking awesome writing banger choruses. You know, we always get something that kicks ass. Like, um, uh, what is that song called? Um, so the song is um, Halo on Fire. This was a song that is just, just rubs me the wrong way and not why you think it does. I don't think it's a shit song. I think it's a fucking awesome song. But it's ruined by auto-tune. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, eh, I fucking hate auto-tune. Whatever. If you're going to use it as a tool, use it as a tool. But make it subtle, man. And you got these choruses that are bangers of choruses. Amazing. Just absolutely wonderful chorus. And, and you know, that song is no different. It's really heavy and it kicks ass. And then you've got this auto-tune verse that just, you know, you got this flat note going across. It's just a perfect note and it doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound great, but I love the melody. I love the key signature, you know, whatever they're doing there with, with the vocal on top of the guitar and the verse, it sounds cool. I like the soft thing to the heavy thing and the change in tempo and all that. Really, really cool. I, but the auto-tune just kills the song it makes it sound so unnatural and i find that that's the case for a lot of their music recently i find that they're, they're killing it with certain elements and like like auto-tune tends to be a big one for me like you know you listen to snm the first one and like auto-tune hadn't even been perfected at that point yet the auto-tune was brand fucking new when that came out about two years to three years old i think so it just sounded like a robot singing at, at, at some of the points, you know, like No Leaf Clover, or I think the other one, the bad one, uh, about, uh, Nothing Else Matters. There's this part in there, and if you listen to the isolated vocal, you can actually hear it, like, it just skips down to the next note. It's not natural. And you can hear it on some of his live vocals now and whatever. Cool. But, you know, live vocals, I don't really mind too much. But we know you're in your fucking late 50s, man. Just play we don't care about the auto tune we don't care if you can't 100 percent hit notes you know what i mean that it's ruining that that ruins the music for me snm2 they did it you know they put out a couple of promo videos and the auto tune wasn't that bad when the album dropped the auto tune was out of control again and people said that the concerts didn't sound anything like that in fact they said that he struggled a lot to hit the notes and you can actually hear in the recordings that he is struggling but it's still hitting that note it doesn't sound natural it's not good to me so halo on fire i mean that was a big that really got to me man i was like this song's awesome but it's just ruined my auto-tune so i mean now we've got another argument there are tools ruining the music and I would say, yeah, for the most part. And I think I did mention this earlier, but yeah, I would say that, that the tools take away from the music. They take away from the the, the live sound, you know, the, the, the life of the music kind of gets sucked out of it if you over-compress it and there's no dynamic range and then you also throw auto-tune on there. It basically just sounds like a bunch of fucking robots played on your, your record. And... and you know, there's no fucking humans involved. Like, at this point, there's probably so much James Hetfield content in, like, vocal takes and whatever. They probably could take, like, AI and just splice together a Metallica record. Like, 
I just don't know. And I know that, that before auto-tune was invented, they would tune, like, with a, um, with, like, a delay, and then tune the delay as they go, and whatever. But, and like I said, there's no problem, no real problem with auto-tune as a tool, but, I mean, using it to completely enhance your vocal comp- performance because you can't actually do it is just another story. I mean, it, it it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel natural. And I, I don't think it sounds good. Do, does, does James Hetfield need it at this point? Probably to some extent, but there are ways to do auto tune without making it sound so like obvious, especially in metal. We don't, we don't want you to sound like that for the most part. Like some people do. Some people like that whole, you know, like the, the core bands and stuff like that. And, the high singing vocalist and the emo bands some people do want that and you know it's fine in pop music it's fine in hip-hop it's fine in you know whatever else country or some shit you know but i don't think rock and roll and metal and you know hard rock and all that i don't think that there's a huge spot for auto-tune i think there's a giant home for it here i think it you know it should it should stay in a hotel outside of rock and roll and uh metal just just a little bit of ways away you know comes in you know for a visit but it goes back to its hotel all the time you know like it, it doesn't sleep on your couch when it comes to visit so i don't think I, I think that that's kind of an element too is that you know maybe their ability is just you know down and you know i don't want to say that because i mean you see them live and he can still play james hepfield can still play kirk hammett can't really fucking play rob's solid innovate or not he's still solid on the bass he plays the notes he's great at fucking finger picking and all that he's awesome Lars can't play for shit live but you know records are different from live so whatever but yeah auto-tune auto-tune is you know james obviously can't sing as good as he used to and that's obvious but just leave it that way we don't it's not a huge deal man like I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just nitpicking, but you know, I don't know. I don't want to be one of those fans who doesn't like everything that they do, and I don't want to be one of those fans who does like everything that they do. I like to have you know my own opinion and whatever. But I'm a giant fan, so I'm okay with some use of auto tune. I'm okay with you know some use of like you know samples or or time aligning or whatever. I, you know I can deal with a, a small amount of it, but when the whole thing is on a track and you know you're getting these songs that are callbacks to old songs and you're getting auto tune on top of it, it's like where is the creativity? Where is the innovation? Where is the even just good music? You know it's. And I would argue that, you know, this isn't going to be the best music you've ever heard. But I think you're going to get a heavy record with some long songs on it, some short songs, and, you know, a mismatch of different um, and a mismatch of different album sounds and all that riff sounds and things like that but then it's kind of you know fan service 
is just not the way to go for me. I don't think that you should be people-pleasing. People-pleasers aren't really liked in the real world, so why would they be liked in the musical world, you know? I And, I again, this is like talking about rock and roll and metal, because when you talk about, like, hip-hop and things like that, like, you know, fan service is, like, all they do, you know what I mean? They just give the, the 16-year-old girls what they want and give them the auto-tune with the rapping and whatever. That's fine. Cool. But when you're giving me, you know... A Metallica record. I don't want Metallica paint by numbers. I don't want Metallica, you know, Injustice for All 2. I don't want some other band doing a version of what they think is a Metallica record. And that's what it sounds like at this point is a new band trying to be a different band who's trying to be Metallica. I think maybe they should just make up their minds come up with a sound come up with a new guitar sound because yikes and I think that maybe actually not giving a fuck instead of pretending to not give a fuck and then trying to give the fans what they want I think actually not giving a fuck about what you're doing and what people think about you is exactly the way to do it and you know but not like saying anger People would argue that St. Anger, they tried that, but they didn't. St. Anger goes back to the first thing that I talked about here, which was Metallica, their first version of what they, of serving the fans and going to their roots is doing what everybody else around them is doing with a Metallica spin. Don't do that. Just put out a fucking Metallica record with a Metallica spin on it. And it won't even need a Metallica spin. It'll just be that already. Don't do the, like, you know, hop on to the trend and whatever else. Just play some fucking music. And at this point, you guys have enough money and enough and enough talent and enough you know, distribution and enough everything around you. You could probably put out a record, and no matter what you do, it'll sell records, obviously. But serving the fans is going to just alienate more people, I think. And often it does, because old fans, at least from what I've seen online keep trying to go back they're like i you know i tried to listen i tried to give that record a chance but it just sounded so bad or the auto-tune or the, the the recording was bad or you know the song just sounded like this song or whatever i mean it's not like nobody's giving it a chance it's that it, you know maybe they are a little rigid in their beliefs but but people out there are trying and i, I think the expectation is to just sound more natural you know, I always think from what I've seen on YouTube, from the work I've done, Metallica bands are pretty self-centered. They don't want 100% what the music, you know, they don't want them, they don't want you to serve just the music. They want you to serve them. They want you to, to do exactly what they want and mix it exactly the way they want and whatever. And I'm not calling for like a specific thing to do. I'm just calling for a natural sounding, organic Metallica record. Something that we can all be happy about in mixing and in writing and in everything else. And the question I'm asking myself today is, do they even have that in them? And are they just so far past their best work that it's just, you know, kind of a lost cause asking or believing in something 
and expecting something. So, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got for today, guys. But um, you guys know who I am. CJ from State of Mercury. Check out my YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter at uh, Mercury underscore State. I'm on Instagram at State underscore of underscore Mercury. I'm on Facebook at State of Mercury. And, um, yeah, I am going to be having a... Um, Metallica rework coming soon, so please, guys, make sure you check that out because it's Don't Tread On Me on Injustice For All and Creeping Death on Death Magnetic. All right, Mercury out.